Ah, you found us on a Thursday evening. Welcome to Cashing in the Northwest. I don't know if you know this, but this is the only podcast from the birthplace of geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. Each week we're going to talk, we're going to be talking about caches and cashers from here and all around the globe. So while you're trying to match up pairs of socks, we'll be caching in the Northwest. And, you know, we can't do that until we bring in our happy ham. Some say he can leap a virtual server in a single bound. And others say there's no mountain of spaghetti he can't conquer. All we know is he's called Iham. Good evening. Good evening. Um, I'm not, not sure about the spaghetti. I think at some point I'd probably get full, but uh, hey, it's worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hey. I am. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're going to be talking about caching uh, or hiking safely and a little bit about this new series uh, in Tacoma. But before we get into that, we want to uh, make sure that you know we appreciate our patrons who help keep this show coming each and every week. And we want to thank Land Sharks, our corporate Denali level sponsor. Don't forget, they still have this special going that uh, shipping is free up to $50 Canadian uh, or I'm sorry, shipping is free on orders up to $50 Canadian to a max of $25 Canadian free shipping costs. Use the promo code ship 50. That's for our wonderful friends at land sharks. If you want to know more about supporting the show, click the Patreon link somewhere on the cashingnw.com website. I don't know where it is from here. I'm thinking over that way, but I could be completely wrong. So, and that, that ship 50 is only for folks in the U S and Canada. Is that correct? Could very well be. Okay. Yes, you're right. U S and Canada listeners. I had to think about that and I actually had so to go look there for, for yeah. our faithful viewers in Northwest Finland. We are sorry. It doesn't count. Doesn't count for you. No shipping for you. Oh, but another thing that we like, even our faithful listeners in Finland, they can send us a glow. You know what a glow is? It's a geocaching log of the week. And whether you read it or whether you wrote it, we want to hear about it because great logs simply make geocaching better. Send an email to feedback at cachingnw.com. You can always call in to 253-693-TFTC or use the voicemail tool on the website and show us how you glow. Now, this glow is submitted by patron and friend Mnerve. He sent this by email. Doc Mikey couldn't find it. Finally managed to get the time to get out there. Beautiful place to hike, but not only was this a DNF for me as well, but you're probably going to laugh at me when I tell you what happened. To spare the whole story, let's just say my GPS was not happy to be out there, causing me to walk another quarter mile past the three spots it reported as ground zero. I should have started and headed back sooner, completely misjudged the distance because of that restricted area. So I only had about 20 minutes to search ground zero before I had to head back. Oh, yeah. Don't listen to a Stephen King audiobook before the sun goes down and you end up walking out there with just a flashlight. Did I mention it's a couple of days till the full moon? That didn't help either. 
I felt well prepared and even had bear spray with me for this trip. Not that the walk back was really all that bad, but a squirrel actually did manage to get the drop on me. I can't believe I almost maced a squirrel. I regret nothing. <laughs> now that's glow worthy. <laughs> yes, I, indeed. I, I've never used bear spray um, or bear sprayed a squirrel. But you know what? I No, I'm not going to try it. Just not going to try it. <laughs> I'll have to squirrel spray a squirrel. If that's a thing. Hey, I'm folks. Sure if It's not a thing. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a thing. <laughs> hey, folks. If you'd like to add anything tonight to tonight's show, use the hashtag hike. And if you want to add anything to the after show, use the hashtag fatas. That's for the after show. Toss that in there. Uh, we don't have a chat lackey tonight, so we're going to do our best to watch the chat and f- and keep up with you guys. So, by the way, today is Lost Sock Memorial Day. Shall we take a moment of silence for all the lost socks? And we're back. <laughs> I don't know where they go. They're just lost. Today is also VE Day. Victory in Europe. There you go. I was going to wonder if people still remember what that is. As opposed to volunteer examiner. Oh. That would work. Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to come up with some others, but I don't know how appropriate they are just off the top of my head. Hey, I am. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Before we get going in this topic, and we're going to get going in this topic, and this is, you know, something that has really been on my my heart and mind lately that we need to do a show on hiking safely. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like when you began geocaching and any other hobbies you might have? Sure. So um, I began geocaching in uh, the end of January of 2004. Um, so... Uh, went out and found one not horribly far from our house and um, uh, started off with a, uh, a GPS that only went out to two decimal places. Um, so uh, that made life always a little bit interesting. But uh, anyway, I've uh, been doing it since, since 2004. And um, I need to turn down my phone. And uh, anyway... Um, the other hobbies that I do, um, I, um, am a, uh, bit of a singer. I sing at our church and also, uh, some, um, other, other, uh, choral activities from time to time. And then I am active as a ham radio operator. So, and as a matter of fact, a volunteer examiner, a VE. Oh, so, volunteer examiner. That's so, where you got VE so quickly. From. That's where I got VE so quickly. Yes. The volunteer okay. examiner would be for the um, amateur radio licensing test. Thank you. I wanted to say, well, ham isn't quite right. The ham test, but yeah, yeah, same well, idea. I you, actually, you said it much better. Yep. And so that's it, where the ham comes from on the iham. That is where the ham comes from on the iham. Yes. There you so. get guessed it. Now. You may have guessed by the title of the show, we're focusing on hiking, hiking safety. But before we get going into that, we just completed a new series here in Tacoma. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it and what you sure. thought of it? 
Well, the series, we've mentioned it uh, a couple times on the show here, um, the at least during the, the FATAS time, at least. Um, and that is the Tacoma Clue, Get a Clue series. Um, the whole idea was put together by Team Noltex, and um, they recruited um, 20-some-odd uh, folks to go out and put together caches. Uh, and each cache includes a game card, a game piece, uh, for either a cashier, a, a tool of the trade, mm-hmm. or a location. And the, the idea is that caches are being robbed by a cash pirate. And we've got to figure out who the cash pirate is, what tool of the trade they were using, and where they did it. And then the final, in a bit of an homage to the original Clue game, is at the conservatory in Wright Park in Tacoma. So, um, and that is a gadget cache that was put together by uh, Team Noltex. Um, So, uh, of the 22 caches, I believe it is, um, there are already, they've only been out since Saturday Saturday morning. And there are already three of them that are into triple digits on favorite points. Double digits. Or du- excuse me, double digits. Yes. Double digits, not triple. Ugh. That's okay. But hey. yes, double digits on favorite points. Nice. And um, several more that have seven or eight uh, favorite points on them. So um, all in all, the, uh, the caches in this series, um, they um, are mostly traditionals. There is one multi- um, there's already one that's had to be disabled. Hopefully it will be back up soon. Um, then, um, but, um, the breadth of styles, there's everything from full-sized ammo cans to, um, things that blend into the surrounding area very well. Um, I won't, I won't give it away more than that, but, um, and then the, the final is, um, a very well done gadget cache that is available anytime the conservatory is open there at Wright Park in Tacoma. So, um, I think we ended up doing it, took about eight hours. Eight hours. We got 25 or 26 caches, so we did a few extra outside the series. Yeah, there there were a few that were right along the way. It's like, well, we've got to walk right past this thing. Let's just go grab it. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, everywhere from um, the Northeast Tacoma, Julius Gulch in the um, Northeast, um, down to uh, Blueberry Fields down south, and um, up to the tip of Point Defiance, um, so they are they are all around, um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of fun working through the list. Um, we just by happenstance got our our cashier narrowed down almost immediately. I mean, the first you know we we hit the the cashier list. By the time we were halfway through, we knew who the cacher was. Or, yeah, or I, <laughs> out of our out of our first ten caches, I think we had seven uh, suspects narrowed right. out just just by happenstance, exactly. So, but um, 
it it was a lot of fun. The first team to complete it did so in about six hours, which seemed a little bit over the top. But uh, you know, they they, were, they they moved quickly. They moved quickly. Um, we also stopped for lunch, which you know put us a little behind her. I don't think it put us two hours behind her. Well, no, <laughs> no, that's true. And perhaps we didn't have the best uh, path, the most optimized route. So, but I thought we did quite well. No, I think it. I think it went quite well, um, right up until right near the end. And so, in the chat, uh, RF guys tells you seventy three, and oh, Keats okay. and Kyle want you to sing for us. Um. I, I may sing during the, the fatas. Okay, there we go. <laughs> oh, Kyle also says the dryer is a vortex into another sock dimension. Yes, yes it is. So, yes, there was a, a cartoon on the paper, I think it was today, it's a bunch of socks on a field trip and they're going to the dryer and says, remember the buddy system. <laughs> nice. Yes, socks, where do they go? Yes. So anyway, but actually, as we get to the got to the end of the Tacoma Clue, um, it, it leads well into our into our next uh, topic. It really does. I was trying to change the topic, but you're not going to let it go. Okay. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't that subtle, was safely. I? Yes. Rule hiking. one of hiking safely: don't go sticking your foot in a hole while you're walking down a hill. No. Because it won't end well. No, it does not end well. It still has not ended well. Yes. Um, there were 22 caches on cache number 20. Uh, coming down just a... a I, there were some incredibly... Um, not incredibly. There were some caches with some serious elevation gains or losses, yeah. thus, depending which way you were going, on this series that, that surprised me, to be honest. You think of Tacoma as being kind of flat. Yeah, you know, you think all around. But um, yeah, Keats94 says, wear boots. Well, it was all urban caching. So I didn't need boots. I should have worn boots. <laughs> um, so we were coming down a trail. It was, we haven't had rain here in well over a week. Um, and the path was quite dry. And in fact, uh, I am, you said as well, you didn't trust the footing on the trail. So I walked off in the grass and I came down the trail. Everything's fine. I got into the flat area. I was 200 feet from the car and that. if that, yeah. And stepped in a hole and my ankle went both ways and down I went and I just laid there slapping the ground going, Oh, I can't believe this. Not now. Well, actually, it was the best time. Well, not the best time. It was a better time than at the beginning of the day, but nonetheless. It was the least impactive time for finishing the series. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, it, it still hurts. I'm wearing a walking boot to work, trying to uh, control the sideways motion of, of my ankle. Thanks, Keats. Don't hike without a brain. I don't know. I, you know, at that point, really, you're getting close to the car. It's on flat ground. I just, I let my mind wander and I didn't even see the hole. Yep. 
Okay. Now, on to hiking safety. We've talked about it before, and you know it, and we want to make sure you use it. We're talking about the three T's. We talked about this in show 294 with Adventure Smart. Go back and listen to that one. That was an excellent show. Uh, but the three T's are trip planning, training, and taking the essentials. Those are the three T's. So, Iham, why don't you kick us off in trip planning, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Sure. So uh, one of the first things is choose the right trail. Pick a trail that uh, matches your expectations and matches your abilities. So to step back, you need to know what your abilities are. Now, there's nothing to say you, you don't want to, you know, want to push your abilities a little bit. You know, you always want to extend the envelope a little bit, but be smart about it. Mm -hmm. If you haven't hiked in months, choose a trail where you can pace yourself. Don't expect you're going to climb Mount Rainier. Yeah. The, the, the hike to a cache that shall not be named um, is probably not a good one for the first hike of the spring, quite honestly. There are, there are um, many other places you might want to start to pace yourself first. Um, also, trip planning. Check what the weather report says. Check the trail conditions. Many hikers skip this step and regret it later. Don't be one of them. Don't make the search and rescue folks have to come find you. Because they will. Don't be the one. I uh, see. Yeah, don't be one of them. Contact the ranger station that manages the trail that you're wanting to hike on. Consult the hiker submitted trip reports at uh, Washington Trails, WTA.org, for instance. I'm sure there is a similar uh, thing for BC mm -hmm. and for Oregon. Uh, but um, listen to what recent people who have done those trails have to say. Um, these steps should tell you if the trailhead is accessible, if the trail is open, if the snow is gone away finally, um, if there are other obstacles on the trail, such as downed trees or washed out bridges, um, check out how much elevation gain the trail has. So you're not surprised at the elevation gain. Um, what amenities can be found along the way? If you're taking your four-legged geo pup with you, find out if the trail is dog friendly. So your safe hiking begins with doing research, looking it up, making that phone call. That's right. And part of your trip planning is always telling at least two people where you're going and when you expect to return. Tell your people who care. Hmm? People who care. Yeah. You know, Random yes, strangers. but even, well, even strangers. Well, maybe you're right. Somebody who cares. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> strangers may not even be bad if you know um if you're going out with people tell your contacts who you're going out with or if you're going out alone don't suggest it one point 
I hadn't thought of before, and it makes perfect sense. Tell them what car you're driving in and the license plate number. Yes. Right? And whom to contact should you not return when you're expected to. And most importantly, once you have your plan, stick to it and don't deviate from it unless you've notified those two people that you're changing. Once you're back in cell service, make sure you contact them and let them know you are safe. Right? Because if you go, well, I'll just wait till I get home. It'll be another two hours. It'll be fine. Well, don't do that. They may have called out the cavalry by then. Exactly. Uh, we mentioned Washington Trails Association, WTA.org. They have a handy printable form for you that you can use on your next hike. Very good. But, you know, even if you just send a text message, hey, I'm taking the white car and I'm going out to, you know, Point defiance. Hope to be back by five. That's at least something, isn't it? Yes. Um, also, check out the weather report. Will it be sunny and hot? Will it be rainy and windy? How much water are you going to need to pack along? Is there a chance of snow? You should be prepared for any weather. But you should know what kind of weather to expect most will steer out. Knowing the forecast gives you a heads up on just how much sunscreen or how much rain gear you need to pack. Remember that the weather in the mountains at 5,000 feet is significantly different or can be significantly different than the weather down at sea level in Seattle or even the weather at the trailhead. Heck, they could all three be different from each other. <laughs> yeah, they can. Check the forecasts at the National Weather Service. In the off-season, know the avalanche danger via the Northwest Avalanche Center. And another great website to bookmark for backcountry forecasts is Washington Online Weather. Be mindful of the season. Every time of year carries its own safety precautions. Whether uh, you need to keep that season in mind as you're planning your hike. Spring sunshine can melt snow quickly, making streams more challenging to cross and really, really cold. Autumn means shorter days, so you got to remember to head back in before it gets dark. Um, use common sense and think ahead to anticipate safety issues before they become a problem. And common sense isn't all that common. Unfortunately, no. No. Now... We're going to move on to the 10 essentials. And we've talked about this time and again. These are a list of 10 items you should always have on your backpack in a backcountry hike, no matter how short or familiar the hike is to you. I, f I found this interesting. The this list was first described by guides with the mountaineers in, in the 1930s. So, you know, we're coming up on, what, 90 years of the 10 essentials. And guess what? They haven't changed all that much. Whether nope. you <clears throat> sprain an ankle or take a wrong turn, uh, you may end up spending an unexpected night in the woods and you'll be so glad you have extra clothes, food, and a flashlight. Sure, chances are you won't need to use them. But in case of an emergency, you'll be so happy you have them. And it may even save your life. You know, I... I just twisted my ankle, and like I say, it was very close to the car. But um, 
if I had to hike another mile on that ankle, I don't know if I would have made it. I mean, of course I would have, but would I have made it, uh, you know, down a rocky trail a mile to the car before sunset? Mm, probably not. Okay, so first you need navigation, uh, a map and a compass, really. Now, hiking with a road map is a bad idea because not all dotted lines are made equal. Uh, a map that helps you find the trailhead won't help you navigate a trail. You can go to the other extreme and get a hyper-detailed USGS topographical map. They're called quads. Uh, and they're the gold standard for backcountry navigation, but they're overkill for popular and well-marked trails. Um, what's easier to use are designated trail maps that include topographical features like rivers, ridges, peaks. You, we've all seen topo maps. Uh, as well as key info like hiking mileage and trailheads. You can find these at bookstores and visitor center, often have uh, guidebooks for local trails. Uh, you want that topo map of the region you're going to be hiking in. Kind of makes sense, right? Stick to your route and then carry the relevant map or maps in your backpack, preferably in a large waterproof Ziploc. You know, just fold it to make it fit or roll it up in a tube. Uh, my favorite maps for the Northwest Trails are Green Trails Maps. And that's at greentrailsmaps.com. I'm posting that into the chat. Uh, a compass is also good. Uh, Wait, why do you need a compass when you've got a GPS? Well, you know, if you're going out and you're spending the night longer than you think you are, those GPS batteries may not last, especially your mm -hmm. phone. Batteries. 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 Wow. Um, what good is a map going to do you if you don't know where you are? So that's where a, a compass comes in. You'll need to know how to use it before you go out. So practice with it. Now, here's something I didn't know, and I probably should have. And I, maybe I did, and it just didn't stick with me. In Washington State, magnetic north is 20 to 22 degrees east of true north. That yep. seems quite a distance off. I, I always heard it was like five to seven degrees off, but that's probably, um, probably the further east you get, the less, the less the declination is. So five to seven in Ohio is probably fine yeah. here, 18 to 20. So, yeah. So yeah, know, know how to use it and which way you're heading. So you're looking at the map going, Oh, wait, that's north. I should be going not that way. <laughs> but make sure you have these offline tools because if your GPS or your battery dies, if you fall and break your phone, it doesn't matter how good your phone is and how much battery you have left if you can't read the screen to read a map to get out. Um, other thing you want to have is a signaling device. Um, whistles. Whistles are very lightweight. They are cheap. You can always carry one with you. Might not hurt to carry a couple with you. Um, take one on your hike. There's a uh, six-function whistle that you can find. Um, it's got a compass, an LED light, a thermometer, and more, um, and a really loud whistle included in that in that. Uh, 
multi-tool there. Um, there are also uh, whistles that are available. I've seen them at boating supply stores that are designed to be heard two miles away. Wow. So, that's quite the whistle. Uh, now, that's, that's over water, not, not through trees. So your mileage may vary, literally. Uh, but um, uh, there, there are some pretty loud ones out there for, for emergency signaling. Um, you want to have something you can reflect the sun. If you get stuck out there and they're doing an aerial search, something to reflect the light um, is, is really darn handy. Mm-hmm. Push comes to shove, you could probably use the screen of your cell phone, assuming it isn't cracked and, you know, crazed. So, um, but some sort of a, a visual signaling device and some sort of auditory signaling device. Yeah. And, you know, if you have a mirror or something reflective, practice with it before you go out on the trailhead so that you could take the sun and actually be able to point it somewhere. That, uh, that takes a little practice. Next thing you're going to want is sunglasses and sunscreen. You know, when you're above the tree line in an open desert or on snow, your eyes need protection even on cloudy days. Get sunglasses with polarized lenses and good coverage. If you prefer to wear a hat, get one that covers the back of your neck as well. Um, one of the Northwest favorites is the Outdoor Research Helis Heli, <clears throat> Helius. I can't say it. Helios hat, yeah. You'll see them worn all over the trails in this Cascade. They have that flap on the back, covers your neck. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll even need to pack sunscreen, even in the winter, and get a tube that can be applied to your lips as well. Because, you know, once you get up there, especially if there's snow, that uh, the, it's just like being on the water in a sunny day. The reflection, yeah. Um, The fourth thing, extra clothing and rain gear. Uh, on show 277, or excuse me, 272 with Keats94, uh, we talked about uh, layering, we talked about extra clothes, uh, rain gear. Um, so you can go back and listen to that show again. Uh, but when it comes to packing extra clothes, think layers. The weather up in the mountain is not always the same as what's down on the trailhead. You may want to put extra layers on as you come back down from the mountain. You may want to be taking layers off so you don't mm-hmm. get everything. So um, you don't want to uh, get stuck out in an unexpected downpour without some uh, rain gear. So make sure you have that. Um, avoid cotton and instead opt for wool or uh, polypropylene fabrics instead. Always keep a raincoat in your pack, even in sun-drenched August. Because you never know. Mm-hmm. Other thing is, make sure that you're dressing properly. Hiking should be a comfortable activity, and your clothes should reflect that. Avoid jeans, cotton shirts, open-toed shoes, Crocs, and overly restrictive clothing. If the train you're be- you'll be hiking on has rocks, thin materials like yoga pants can get shredded quickly. We suggest you wear comfortable yet sturdy pants sturdy shoes, a brimmed hat, and polyester, nylon, or merino wool. Oh, I'm a big fan of merino wool. Uh, In case you didn't know it, denim is made of cotton. So wearing 
jeans is a poor choice for any hike, especially in rainy or cold weather. That's because cotton retains moisture instead of wicking it away like wool or polyester. Once cotton gets wet, it takes a long time to dry out. And that moisture on your skin siphons away body heat through convection, leaving you shivering and can also help you with a rash if you're, you know, susceptible to that. You're going to be more susceptible to hypothermia, and thus the term uh, cotton is rotten or cotton kills. Keats 94 says cotton is the devil's fabric. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'd go quite that far. It's very comfortable in a workday environment. Uh, but jeans are the worst of all cottons because they can ice up in below freezing weather. And uh, I remember as a kid, you know, walking on frozen creek beds or creeks uh, in Ohio. And, you know, you, your jeans would get uh, uh, wet from the snow and that, and they would freeze. And I could just take, by the time I've walked a couple of miles, I come back home and I could just stand my jeans up in the corner and let them thaw out. So, uh, yeah, don't, oh in, in cold weather, jeans are not the way to go. Nope. Um, another thing you want to avoid is wearing boots that are fresh from the box. Take some time, break in your shoes already. Um, Starting weeks ahead of time, you even before your hike, you need to break them in while mowing the lawn or walking the dog or running errands around town. Just if your feet are hurting or you develop hot spots or blisters, apply bandages and then experiment with different socks and keep at it until you know that you've got your boots broken in or you know that that pair ain't going to work and you need mm -hmm. to switch. Um, but... Uh, also remember that most people's feet as you're hiking can increase by a full half size or more uh, through the course of a day, just from the swelling as, as you are, are walking. So, And if you twist your ankle, you know, you can go up by two or three sizes. Y yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Just, just saying. Um, Kyle says, I remember hiking with Keats and our friend Jordan in Victoria. He wore dress shoes, dress shoes. <laughs> well, you know, if it works. Maybe for the after show, we ought to chat about, um, flip-flops in the Cinque Terre. <laughs> That's, you know, when I, I heard, you know, don't wear open toe shoes. Well, yeah, you can get fined for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, people do it. I mean, you know, well, if your dress shoes, hey, I'm, I'm out here. I'm going to go hiking with you. This is what I have on. Well, uh, the next thing you want to bring. So we are already up to number five on our 10 essentials is the uh, first aid supplies. You need to go back and listen to show 273 with Medicine Man of Seattle. Uh, I did an absolutely uh, great job on how to pack and what to use in different things in your first aid kit. Uh, most novice hikers either forget to bring the first aid kit or pack an entire pharmacy. Neither one of those are quite right. You can buy a pre-packed hiker first aid kit mm -hmm. or assemble one on your own. REI actually has a handy little first aid checklist that you can get. Your kit needs to include the supplies to deal with a whole host of things that could happen out there. A bee sting, a twisted ankle. <clears throat> Why does that keep coming up? Uh, <laughs> punctured leg or migraine headache. 
If you're prescribed an EpiPen, make sure you bring it, along with any medications you might require for a one-night stay. I mean, yeah, think about that. It doesn't if, do you any good if it's in the glove box. Yeah, I mean, if you are, you know, if you have heart medication or something, you know, that you go, boy, if I miss a dose of that, I'm going to be in trouble medically. You know, take it with you. Because if you get stuck out there, you're going to want to do everything you can to make sure you get back. Um, basic first aid essentials for most outings should be adhesive bandages, various sizes, medical or duct tape. There's nothing wrong with taking duct tape, rolling it up on a pencil and sticking that in your backpack. Uh, moleskin, uh, sterile gauze, ibuprofen, Benadryl, antibiotic ointment, and alcohol wipes. There's, there's one more um, note that if you don't know how to use a first aid item, like a suture kit, Just you probably know. shouldn't be carrying it. Just know. Yeah. <laughs> so. So item six is a headlamp and or, and I'm a big fan of or, flashlight, or excuse me, and. I'm a big fan of and. Um, I, one, one time I was uh, looking for something and... and you always carry a flashlight with you? Yes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you linger too long over lunch at the viewpoint, you might find yourself hiking back to the trailhead in dark. Uh, and you really want to be able to find your car. Uh, always have a good light source in your pack just in case. A simple mag light will do. Just remember to test it frequently and pack extra batteries. What what are these extra batteries that you keep mentioning? Yeah, my, the ones that are in there are fine. Right. Yeah. Except for the, if they've decided to corrode on you. Yes. And then the whole thing is totally useless. Not so, that I'm saying this from experience or anything. Yeah. No, no, I've been there myself. That little, you know, two AA mag light is really, in in the dark, it's quite good. Um, a headlight is good. I like the monoprice headlamps that are USB rechargeable. So if you for if it's in your pack and you go, oh man, I forgot to charge it up, you can plug it into your car as you're going to your hike, charge it up, and have a, a decent headlamp with you. So, um, so have a good lamp with you. Fire starters. They could be matches or some sort of you know. Uh, special cloth that you can get or you can make. You know, dryer lint works really well. You need to have the tools to start an emergency fire, either matches in a waterproof container or butane lighter or both. You also need some sort of fire starter because in wet conditions, you may not be able to find dry kindling on the ground. No, you might not. Um, uh, interestingly enough, Harbor Freight carries um, some... Um, Basically, it's a flint and steel with a magnesium block. You use the, and it basically is like a length of hacksaw blade. And so you use that, scrape off some magnesium, flip it over, strike the, uh, against the, uh, the flint that's there. And uh, there you go. And they're usually two, three bucks. Uh, they come on a nice, convenient keychain, and and away you go. So... Hmm, I'm going to have to stop at Harbor Freight. I, I use, I've gotten some great tools there in the past, so I'm going to have to grab that. So once you've taken care of warmth, you also need to take care of hydration, water, and water purification. 
We're lucky in the Northwest that sources of fresh water are abundant on many trails, but please don't just dip and sip. Backcountry water needs to be purified first so it doesn't make you sick from Giardia. Always carry extra water with you and purification tablets or a water filter with you while you hike. Um, Life straw is an excellent idea. Um, you can get a uh, one for 20 bucks or thereabouts. Uh, part of that actually goes to uh, provide fresh water for someone in a third world country. It actually provides another life straw. Okay. You, you, you buy one and one is given to somebody in a third world country. There you go. Either way, you both end up with drinkable water out of what might not be a drinkable source. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably want to pack extra food. Um, sometimes you might underestimate how many calories you're going to burn through whilst you're going up and down the hills or twisting your ankle. Um, it has made me extra hungry lately. That's my excuse. (laughs) Other times, if you end up spending an unscheduled night out, you might be glad you had a couple extra bits of uh, packs of jerky or granola bars or trail bars, a little extra gorp. Uh, Make sure that your extra food stash is something that doesn't actually require to be cooked. Because you might have, you might have some uh, fire ability, but are you really going to have a pan to cook it in? And just extra granola bars, extra gorp, extra cliff bars, whatever. Yeah. And you know, they're going to last for months in your backpack that you don't have to worry about and go, Oh, I wonder if that's still good. Of course it is. You know, right? take a Twinkie. That's going to last for 30 years. It might be a little smashed in the bottom, but you know, when you're out in the forest for a night, what do you care? <laughs> It'll be just like beef jerky at that point. Twinkie jerky. I think I'm going to try that. I'm going to sell that. What do you think? I don't think so. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, You're going to need a knife or a multi-tool. You know, without, I'd be lost without a a multi-tool, but a Swiss Army knife in the backcountry is just as good. Slices cheese, clips my blister bandages, and helps me repair my gear. Uh, Get one that suits your needs and just carry it. Keep it cleaned and well-maintained. You know, a little... um, uh, three in one or, or WD 40 to keep the joints clean, keep the dirt out. It's going to help. Yep. Uh, there's, there's definitely something to be said about a, a multi-tool, a Leatherman, something of that ilk. Yeah. Leatherman Gerber, they make great ones. You know, even if it's an off brand multi-tool, it's still going to have a pair of pliers, uh, a knife, maybe something like a saw blade that you can cut with pair of scissors. Yeah. It's, going to have what you need yeah you you don't necessarily need the 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 brand name Mm -hmm. but make sure that it's got a decent um a decent blade on it and that it's uh got decent joint for the pliers so last and not but absolutely not least we're up to number 10 emergency shelter this could be a lightweight tent a bivy sack Uh, even just a really big garbage bag, something that you can um, cover yourself in. You buy your tent or your your sleeping bag at Wally World. Sam Walton was an Eagle Scout, but he didn't become America's richest man by selling top-quality camping gear 
and hiking gear at discount prices. Yes, you can get an Ozark Trail sleeping bag for $10, but I wouldn't use it on a real Ozark Trail. Trust me, I've hiked on many Ozark Trails, and just no, just no. Uh, on the other hand, it's probably a good place to get your beef jerky because, you know, they really can't ruin that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you are getting a uh, sleeping bag, a, a emergency shelter of some sort, it's probably worthwhile to go to REI or, or um, MEC. Yeah. Canadian Any, Tire. Yeah. yeah. Canadian, yeah, any any of the places that actually do outdoors mm-hmm. and and not household supplies. So, yeah, uh, you know, well, you can get these things cheap, but there's some things you don't want to cheap out on. You know, shoes don't cheap out on your hiking boots. Uh, you know, if they fall apart on you on the way up, that's going to make a miserable trip down. Uh, rain gear is another one you don't want to cheap out on because you know once you get wet. It's no fun. So that was the 10 essentials. Here's some other tips. Uh, Stay on the trail. Now, I know what you're going to say is nobody hides the geocache on the trail. But um, staying on the social trail. A social trail. That's right. It's not just for your safety, but it minimizes the impact on landscapes that we all enjoy. Many injuries uh, needing rescue occurs from hikers leaving the trail either for a better picture. Do you hear that? Anybody visiting uh, uh, the Grand Grand Canyon? Canyon? Don't be stupid. I'm like, they're going to close the park because people are getting selfies. They're jumping over the railing and falling to their their death. Um, That's, that's, sorry, that's just stupid. (laughs) Um, Where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, Coming down off your soapbox. Yeah. (laughs) Don't. Don't leave the trail for a picture. Uh, Stay on the trail. You're also uh, keeping yourself in a well-known area. If an accident were to occur, like, you know, you severely twist your ankle, search and rescue can find you and transport you to safety on the trail. Uh, Leaving the trail should only be done for a couple of reasons. You know, if you need to use the bathroom. If you need to avoid an aggressive animal, which we may talk about in a bit, or if you need to find that geocache. Because you know you need to find it. You walked all that way. You better find that. Yeah. But, you know, don't say, oh, look, I can go 300 feet straight this way because this is where the arrow leads. I know the trail goes up that way, but I'm going to cut through this way. Um, It usually doesn't end well. The the least impactive it can be to you is bushwhack in, trail out. Mm -hmm. But it can end up much, much worse than that. Uh, There are good reasons to not go hiking alone. If you injure yourself, it would be nice to have somebody help you get uninjured Mm -hmm. or or at least medicated up. Um, And quite honestly, things don't always go as planned. And we trip, we fall, we injure ourselves. Why do you keep bringing this up? Huh? Why do you keep bringing this up? You're the one that put it in the show notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, you can trip and fall even when you're just a couple hundred feet from your car. Uh, but 
thank you, I am, for being with me that day. I, I was able to drive because I didn't hurt my, you know, accelerator and brake foot. <laughs> but, you know, if that happens and you're alone, how are you? And, and if you can make it back to the car, driving's not going to be easy. So you're not going to be safe. Another reason is you may get lost. Sometimes trails are not well marked. And, you know, even if you're going for that geocache and you head out and you're like, wait, the trail looked a lot more visible coming in than it does going out. I'm not sure where it goes. Um, and if you're using a phone, it doesn't have good uh, uh, breadcrumbs. A GPS is going to be a little better. But, you know, what if your phone runs out of battery and you forgot to bring a power bank? Or what if it gets dark and you forgot to bring a headlamp? Starts raining and the trail gets blocked and you have to go a different way? The last thing you want to do is be alone in those situations. Um, and uh, quite honestly, you may get attacked by animals. Even timid animals can attack when surprised. Um, Sure, if a snake bites, it's much nicer to have someone to help you uh, and call for help or can at least give some emotional support. As you lay there and die. also means making a whole lot more noise um, so that when you're hiking alone and this keeps animals away and it at least warns them that you're, you know, you're coming. Uh, so the odds of being attacked are significantly lower if you're in a group. That's right. And, you know, you may get attacked by humans. The last thing we want to think about is hiking alone is that somebody may get attacked by another hiker or passerby in general, but you know, there's a higher chance of being attacked in a city than with when than hiking, but it can happen. So another reason to go out with a group is if you're alone, you're the only one motivating yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, whenever we're hiking, hiking with a group of friends, I tend to push myself a little more. Um, and you know, maybe I want to be the first one to the next waypoint. I don't know. Um, but I tend to walk a little bit faster, maybe up the hill. Um, and uh, sometimes I realize eh, when I'm alone, I tend to walk a little slower. So, Yeah, that means you're going to take more time and maybe you're not going to get out before darkness sets in. Um, you know, this one's kind of silly, but there will be nobody to take a photo of you or to help you search for that cash. Sure, you can always take a selfie, but it's not as nice as when somebody takes your photo and you got that great background behind you. And having a second pair of eyes will really help you find that cash and help you to keep your schedule. And uh, the other thing is don't hike with earbuds in. I mean... Why would you really want to cover the sounds of nature anyway? But if you're hiking with earbuds in, you can't hear things happening. You can't hear the water suddenly starting to rush faster or the rumblings of something that might be bearish. Or you can't so, hear somebody coming up behind you. You can't hear somebody coming up behind you. You can't even hear the bicyclist saying, on your left. Exactly. And they get all sorts of angry. 
one bad thing to do is start too late in the day. Now, showing up an hour late for dinner at 7 p.m. is bad manners. But starting a 2 p.m. hike that you intended to start at 10 a.m., that's just bad news. That ain't going to end well. Yeah. Uh, the best thing you don't want your 15 minutes of fame on the CNN tickers is clueless hiker survives freezing night in wilderness. No. Uh, it's best to start on time or shorten your route or even maybe push it off for another day. Uh, besides an early start, how fast you move matters too. Now, we just said that when you're alone, you may walk slower. Uh, an athletic adult hikes at about three miles an hour, but that rate drops to two or even one mile an hour. Uh, that's, you know, something in metric. Uh, when you factor in rough terrain, elevation changes, rest breaks, searching for caches, I mean, you know, you know how long it takes to hike any sort of trail while you're looking for a cache. And on the way back, you're like, wow, how come it took me so long to get here? Um, you find yourself starting later than anticipated. You know, check the map for a shorter route or a cutoff trail to reach your destination before sunset. If you find yourself falling behind, avoid the lure of cross-country shortcuts. Instead, keep moving. Watch the time and be prepared, be prepared to finish using the headlamps, which you packed for just such an occasion. Well, and quite honestly, you may need to know that you just have to throw in the towel. Yeah. This and, getting yeah. that cash is not worth spending an extra night in the woods. Mm -hmm. The sorry in the chat. Kyle says the rumbling was just me after eating chili on the trail. And well, maybe that's something you do want to block out with headphones. I don't know. <laughs> or you want to hear it so you know to get away. And move upwind. Yeah. Well, folks, we really want you to be safe when you're going out hiking. I mean, geocaching is a fun sport and there's nothing like those remote geocache hikes. You know, it could take you two to three hours of a hike just to get one geocache. And you know what? They're really worth it, but we want you to be safe. Um, you know, be smart, think ahead, plan ahead, take the three T's. What were they again? I've always forgotten them. Huh? Oh, wait, trip planning. <laughs> Training and the essentials. And taking the essentials. Taking the essentials. Ten essentials could be the other the other way you want to look at it. Well, the there could be more than ten. I mean, if you're going to be doing anything, say your trip involves a kayak, that's you know, or a river, that suddenly becomes an essential. Maybe there aren't ten. There could be more because that involves a life vest and other things, right? right. Yes. Uh, so maybe you're training and you're taking the essentials, taking the essentials. You know, if you're going to go up there and you know, you've got to cross a snowfield, it's not a bad idea to take snowshoes with you. Right. Instead of post holing for, you know, several hundred meet, meters or feet or miles, or I don't know what the distance is there. I can't figure that out. Um, and, it really on the snow field. and always know where your towel is. <laughs> never go anywhere without a towel yes 
Well, folks, we thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Cashing in the Northwest. Again, we want to take a moment to thank Landsharks, our corporate Denali-level sponsor. Landsharks.ca. Hold on, I, I have to do things here. Landsharks.ca is the outdoor adventure and geocaching store. Check them out online or go in person and visit their beautiful store in Victoria, B.C. They're open six days a week, except holidays, and they ship orders online daily. Don't forget that we also want to thank our faithful Denali-level supporters. That's Landsharks, JP Geo Designs, Bounce Bounce, Limax, Team Squirrel, and WorldCaching.com. If you want to know more about this supporting the show, click that Patreon link that floats out there somewhere. Okay. Now, I'm going to try to do what Land Monkey does. And that's find a thousand geocaches in a month. No, that's go through our great patrons. We appreciate each and every one of you. Broncos fan for life. Sprouter, Camp Clan, Tick Magnet, Kev MacD, Subway Mark, Dora Moore, Dune Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, Geo Nav Pros, Wino Seattle, Ackerdock, Billy Robinson, Genies. I didn't get halfway through. Antaeus, Keats94, Trexer0, MC3Cats, Kennel Barb, M Nerve, Wet Coaster Green and Greenwards, Say Jehove, uh, Aerobic, Keepers of the Cash Flow, Highland Guys, and the Geo Travelers. Whew. Hey, it was two breaths. Hello there. I like them so much, I'm listing them again. Hey, it was two breaths. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to get the the uh, chat up, and <laughs> and you open the YouTube page, and it's about seven seconds behind. Yes, it is. Uh, I've done that several times. I know where that was. Hey, until next week, if people wanted to to stalk you on the internet and find out how many favorite points your Model T cache has, how can they find you? Well, um, the geocaching dot com. Uh, just check out my profile, uh, IHAM, although the the cache is actually owned by uh, the Camp Clan account. So, um, uh, but um, uh, IHAM, if you are really wanting to stalk me, you can follow me on Twitter at, at AF70. So. Why, that seems like an odd name, AF70. Huh. I wonder where you got that. From the FCC. Oh, yeah. So that's right. <laughs> If you're looking for me, you can head on a, over to Twitter or Facebook at CachingNW. I'm also on uh, Instagram at Caching in the Northwest. Better yet, head on over to CachingNW.com slash host, read our bios, and find all those links that we just mentioned and a few secret ones that I don't think the other guys know that are in there. Uh, most of all, we want to thank Probably you. Probably looking. Yeah, they don't look. I, I can put whatever I want up there. Well, maybe they do now. Uh, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Don't forget that you can be part of the show. Call into 253-693-TFTC. Leave us a comment, ask us a question, or restock our first aid kit any time of the day or night. Of course, you can email us at feedback at cachingnw.com. Your support helps keep the quality shows coming. If you like this show, click the Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. This show is produced by Chris Umfenauer, Jim Paulwitz, and Jay Kennedy. It's licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Copyright 2019 by Chris Umfenauer. Stay tuned for The After Show. It's like he's here, isn't it?
almost spookily like he's here. Yeah. Except he's not. <clears throat> All righty. So what do we have for Tass? Well, I don't, I didn't see anything for Tass, but let me uh, do. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> I shouldn't have taken a drink of water. Let me do a quick search for Fatas. And I come up with nothing. Nobody used the Fatas hashtag. The Fatas tag. So um, one thing that does does come to mind, and I actually had meant to mention it uh, during the show and forgot, was the when the boys were growing up, and both of our boys are grown and out of college at this point. But uh, as they were growing up, we would tell them as we went out for adventures, remember, boys, a trip to the emergency room is not on the schedule. Oddly enough, the only person that had to actually go to the emergency room during one of these outings was me. <laughs> oh, was it on the schedule? Uh, it really wasn't on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Even worse, it was on it was on our youngest's birthday. We were at a, a uh, um, little league parents versus kids end of the season game, and I overran first, wiped out, and dislocated my shoulder. <laughs> were you safe? Uh, yes, I was safe. Oh, good. So you got a designated runner and and, now, and, had, and had my shoulder popped back in by the coach and then went to the ER, yes. That's what I was going to say. is going to say if there's nobody around, I've seen you can just slam it into a wall, and that seems to work too. Yee. No? Oh. I would say no. Uh, Keats, thank you. He used Fatas High. I feel oh, better. Any trips planned this summer? Uh, anybody in the uh, chat going to Geo Woodstock here is like next week? Week it's after. It. Yeah, it's within two weeks. Memorial Day weekend, isn't it? I think so. Um, let's see. We've got some big events coming up like the Tri Cities Geocoin Challenge in June and the ape event in August. Yep. Wet Custer says, if you're carrying the 10 essentials, don't carry them onto an airplane. You could quickly end up with no essentials. Zero essentials. Yes. Let's see. That, that's what, so, that's what check luggage is for. Well, the food and the clothes should be fine. The life straw or extra water should be fine. Uh, sleeping bag. You might have to pay for, but that should be fine. Um, I have to go back up and look. I've I've put them up there. The multi tool definitely not. No, the fire starter. Uh, if not. if they're just matches, that should be fine. But if it's a flint with a striker, probably not. Headlamp, yeah, flashlight. Ah, I, I think so. I don't know about that one. First aid supplies. That's a picky. That's could be picky, especially if you have a pair of scissors in there. Uh, clothes, fine. Sunglasses, sunscreen, as long as it's under an ounce or three ounces. Three ounces in a, in a court Ziploc baggie. Yep. Yep. The signaling device of a whistle and a mirror should be fine. Uh, a compass and a, a map. Yeah. You're, you're going to be fine. I think. Uh, Highlands guys heading to Geo Woodstock next Friday. Oh, well, good for you. Have a good trip. Yeah. 
Uh, Trexer, it seems I'm late to the party. I thought there would be a moratorium on new caches being published during caching in the Northwest. I couldn't resist the lure of an FTF. Um, Trexer, let me know what um, uh, reviewer put those out, and I'll put pressure on them not to do it during the show. No nunchucks. Never nunchucks. Yeah. I really don't see those as being part of the 10 essentials anyway. I, I thought it, it was going to be for the reviewer. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. I don't know. No. 10 essentials. Well, you know, if you come across a wild animal that wants to attack you, you know, a good display of nunchucks, swinging nunchucks, is going to scare that thing away. Or make them die laughing. Hmm. It was the reviewing bear. I thought he was a friend of the show. Hmm. Oh, my. Yeah. I hear you could go to skookumbear.ca and leave feedback there, but I, I don't think it quite works. It doesn't. I tried it. I had to try. I was like, maybe he actually does have skookumbear.ca. He doesn't. You know what? You should go out and get it now. And then that way we can put whatever we want there and continue to tell people, just go to skookumbear.ca and you'll find out the real opinions of skookumbear. He's not as skookum as you thought. I'm not sure this whole idea is all that skookum, quite honestly. Oh. Okay. <laughs> In a group, you only have to be the second slowest. <laughs> says yes. Coaster. Yeah. Or yeah. the first de yeah. most devious. <laughs> If you're willing to trip or push down the person who's around you, then that's all it takes. I don't promote that. Okay, folks, before I get myself into trouble, <laughs> I think I think we have had enough this week of caching in the Northwest. But make sure you go out and you hike safely when you get out and get caching in the Northwest. That 